It's so good to be back. Have everyone back. Who's been missing for the last two weeks? Uh, there's some guys who's been, all the elders, by the way. It's like, uh, like we had a small team around here. It's good to have the guys back. And um, yeah, that was, that was good. I, I, I really believe God has been speaking to us this morning. I actually woke up thinking about Job. Probably should have listened to the Lord then already now. Start making some notes. Now I'm, I'm getting new water. Thank you. <laughs> I call it issue of water. Anyway, thanks. Um, yeah, I, be- I believe God is speaking. I-, I should have listened this morning earlier when the Lord woke me up speaking to me about Job. But I can, I think I can start seeing now what God wants to do. Um, let me, let me see. Uh, um, if I should, oh, quick thing before I jump into the preach. Just as Wednesday's fast, okay, and I call it, mention it, and, um, the, the fact that we, we all hate not eating, okay? But um, I really want to stir us, you know, what it's going to be about. Just keep, keep a note, uh, an eye out in the church group. I'll let you guys know there. We, we might gather combined on, a, on Wednesday evening or just in some combined communities, so if, if that makes sense. For the Afrikaans people, I hope you understand that. That makes sense in my head. But uh, um, so the aim is we, we want to fast and we want to trust the Lord for salvations. That's, that, that's what we're fasting for, okay? And I actually read this morning in, a, in, in Isaiah, just where it speaks about the fast. It says it's not to, not to um, achieve our own, or it's actually we're starving the flesh so that we can cry out to the Lord for what He wants to do. It's to, 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 to trust that our spirits will connect with God's spirit for His purposes, all right? And so we want to encourage you. We, Andrew has actually asked this, okay? So I'm going to ask this. Sometimes we think, oh, there's a fast. I'll fast Facebook for the day. Okay, this is not that one. Okay, we're speaking about food. Okay, and not eating. All right, and uh, so I know there's some seriously pregnant people with us. Okay, and you need to eat. Okay, if you are breastfeeding, you need to eat. If you have got diabetes, I think you need to eat. I'm not sure. Okay, but for the rest of us who have got no legitimate reason for that, except that you're going to be really hungry and uh, and get a headache from not having your coffee, I want to stir us. Let's do it, okay? And every time you get that headache and you're like, oh, I'm addicted to coffee, firstly it's an issue. And then secondly, all right, it's like to say, Jesus, even as sore as my head is right now, it's going to be much more painful for people in hell one day. All right? And so we pray that you'd save them when we come together and that they'll get to know you. That was a bomb dropper if you ever had a mic drop, man. It's true. Much more painful in hell one day than your headache or your sore sore tummy. So I want to ask you, join us. We're going to trust the Lord for salvation. Amen? All right. Makes more sense that way, no? Yes, like it. That's even heavy in my heart then, okay? No food Wednesday. No coffee. (laughs) Water. (laughs) All right. It's something. uh, Fasting is actually, yes, we we became weak in the, the, what what century are we in? 21st, yeah? Became weak. It was like a thing back in the back in the day in the 20th century. Like guys like John Wesley and them, they fasted weekly. You know? It was a habit for them to starve their flesh and to cry out to the Lord. We became sissies, actually. Eh? So uh, the one day that we have, let's do it well and let's 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 make use of it so that we don't have to do it weekly. All right. <laughs> anyway, all right. Back to back to today. I. Uh, I, I'm quite thankful over the past few weeks, for those of you who've been with us, we've been, it's been incredible. There's been a few moments where, where God has been, really been with us, you know, in, in worship. And, uh, and we can never take it for granted that God's presence comes when we seek Him and He's with us. And that He comes to visit us. It's an incredible thing, actually, you know, that God comes and He says, like, even in Andrew's preach, where He says, like, um, it's like, I love you. Okay, and I, I, I'm, I'm desiring you. It's like I'm jealous for you. I want you with me. It's an incredible thought that God would even say that about us. Okay, and um, I recently listened to um, one of Andrew's Andrew's messages in the Isle of Man conference, and uh, Mariska told me you need to listen to this thing. And uh, halfway through the preach, <laughs> I laughed. Andrew mentioned me by name, and uh, and referred to my sin that I did three years ago, and. Um, it's like, but it was very redemptive, okay? Like, he was great, and he said something straight. It was like, it was actually a redemptive thing. But as he, as he said it, I was like, I had this moment where I became aware of, oh, yes, like, okay, it's like, that thing again. And, uh, and it's like, not that it never leaves me, but you know, there was something that I became aware again of, of my, my sinful nature, and that I'm not as perfect as I always think I am. Yeah. 
And, um, and even, though, even though I'm not now at the moment walking in blatant sin like that, there's still areas where it's like, man, if, if, when I come into the Lord's presence, I'm like, oh my goodness. And, but that was a good reminder for me when even when I was listening to it, it's like, yes, like it. The Lord has saved me from a lot. From a lot. And, um, and you know what the response in my heart was when I listened to it? It's like I was aware of, aware of the Lord's mercy because I, I was like, she's like, God, even listening to that, it's like I am amazed that you, that you even allow me again to lead and to be part of church. Ne? I was aware of His mercy. And you know what the next response was I wanted to come out of my heart? So I wanted to worship. I wanted to worship Him. I wanted to say, Jesus, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And, uh, but you realize when... Uh, when we're not aware of His mercy for us, there's not a lot for us to worship about. Yeah? Because we forget, and we think we're okay. And we come, and we, we do this a little bit, and we forget about the Lord in a week sometimes. And, uh, but if we're aware of His mercy, I, trust, I tell you, it brings you to your knees. Okay? How many of you have recently been aware of sin and God's mercy, and, uh, and it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. All right? It does that to us. And, um, and so I... Uh, Thinking about church, and uh, and just our times here, I'm going to have a word of now. I think God wants to do something in our in our hearts and in our in our in our hearts' eyes to not only see our sin, okay, that's not the point, but to see His mercy, to see His mercy. Trust me, worship will come out of that. I don't I, I don't even want to look at worship too much today, but like there's something that God wants to make us aware again of His great love for us. That's why I've been speaking to us about it recently, okay? It's like, I would think, okay, we should maybe talk about that, or talk about that. God has just been speaking about His incredible love that He has for us, the jealousy that He has for us, and to think about it, He has it for me, in spite of who you are. God, oh, I'm quite forget He says, God doesn't use you, um, anyway, it's basically like, God uses you in spite of who you are. Okay, it's like, sometimes like, um, it's like, in spite of what you've done and who you are, that God has shown us mercy. And um, I feel God wants to open something for us again. It's like, and, and that out of us will come radical worship. That it's not tame, that it's not subdued, that it's not selfish, but it's, but it's for the Lord. Okay? So I want to touch on worship. And I, I don't want to necessarily preach about worship this morning because I don't want to work with the flesh. I want to work with your spirit this morning. I think there's something that God wants to fashion in us. And we might stay, uh, stay here for the next month if we have to. But um, worship in our congregation has become tame. Yeah? It has. We can be honest about it. Yeah? It became tame. And I, I don't think it's because we... Um, I, I think it's because we don't see well. It's because... I wonder sometimes if an unsafe person walked in here this morning, what would they think about how the way we worshipped, you know? It's like always something I measure. It's like, it might have been cool, okay, and everyone was respectable, but I wonder if they would have known how big do I think God is by the way that I worshipped this morning. Hmm. Not necessarily, okay? If I'm aware of mercy and the greatness of God, there's a, there's a, and I'm speaking about myself here, there's a, there's a more extravagant worship that comes out of me when I'm in, in view of His mercy, all right? And um, I don't want to guilt trip us this morning, um, but um, I want to fight for our hearts, all right? And I, I'm proper scatterbrained this morning. I want to trust that God will speak clearly to us this morning. And um, I, want to, I want to speak to us about an area that I think the enemy has managed to dim our zeal, and it's a lie that he has brought into the house of God. So I want to, I want to highlight something for us, which I think the enemy has ma- managed to settle in our hearts, which is okay, selling to us, and that has actually dimmed zeal and passion in our hearts. And it's this thing that the enemy is putting before the church today. It is the cheap gospel. All right? The gospel that says that um, to follow Jesus... It can be, that Jesus can be followed without any real sacrifice or any real cost. The cheap gospel. The gospel that says that, um, Jesus who, Jesus just loves you and he asks nothing, nothing of you. And, um, and that it's just okay. You could just come, get your fix and go home. And it's a gospel that asks nothing, that requires nothing of us. You know, I think it's a gospel that the, that the enemy has managed to put into the church that has dimmed zeal in our hearts, that it's all about you and not about the Lord. And even that song that we sang this morning, I think it was quite prophetic, you know. Sometimes I think Christians were saying, it's all about me, Lord. It's all about me. It's all about me. Because the way we live sometimes brings that out. And not all about you, all about you. 
And um, it's, it's caused us to be disconnected and settled for a comfortable lifestyle with very little attractive worship. Now I want to ask you this morning here quickly, who of you have found following Jesus easy? Okay, that's good. Look around. Okay, no one. Zero percent, okay? Following the Lord has always been costly. Following Him has always been, has come at a great cost. And I, I, I want to encourage us again, none of us, hopefully, have found it easy to follow the Lord. Uh, but constantly, I think the Lord is offering us this thing. It's like they're speaking about a Jesus, either Jesus with low, with a low morale, okay, that needs to be boosted every now and then, but he really doesn't need you, it's okay, like, um, or a Jesus who costs us nothing, it demands a little of us. But you know, I just feel it's not that Jesus went to the cross for us. And it's not that Jesus that said, like, if you want to share my glory, you actually need to share in my suffering. That's what he said, Romans 8. And um, I feel this morning what I want to stir for us is, like, if we want to become like him, we need to suffer like him. All right? Like Job did. Suffer. All right? So I want to read, let's read this together. Paul was writing to, Cor- to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 11. Um, from verse uh, 3 to 4. It says this, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow have been led astray from your pure and sincere devotion to Christ. How's that? It's, and that's, it's actually saying that to us today as well. It's like, I'm scared, guys. That's, there was a time where you had a pure and sincere devotion to the Lord. There was a time. But Satan has somehow managed to lead you astray from that, to settle for something else. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you received a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. How's that? He's saying there was a time where when you got saved and you heard about the great mercy of the Lord, you heard about his salvation, you heard about the great cost of following the Lord. You, you were once living in a way that, that represented that of the Lord. And then someone else came and told you, actually, Jesus would never ask that of you. How can he ever do that? Or, or maybe, like, you've been doing this for a few years now. You've been here for 15 years, okay? Surely by now, like, at least there's a new group. You can settle to a degree. A different gospel. A different message has been preached to our hearts. It's like, actually, you, you gave it your best. Relax now. And I love that about Alan and Tess, you know. How old are you now, Alan? 21. <laughs> 70 what? 75. 75, you know. And you know, whenever I'm with them, the question I get the most of them is like, um, what, what do we do? Like, how do we, how do we fulfill the rest of our lives that we can honor the Lord well till the end of our days? 75. Yeah. It's like the Jesus that they met, you know, that is the gospel that's being preached to them is one that's costly. So we want to count for the Lord for, for our last days. And I love that even I was at the community last week and Alan said, I, uh, I, I came onto the bandwagon a bit late, you know. They only got saved last year. But now I want to count. I want to count for the Lord. And, um, so it's like the, the, the Jesus we've been preached is in there, one, one that's costly. But sometimes I think for those of us who've been around the block, um, the enemy somehow to managed to lead us astray by preaching a, a different gospel to us. And, um, you know, I fear that, that many Christians today are following a different Jesus than the one we see in the Bible, um, even, even maybe among us. Um, one that uh, is a form of godliness but a denying of the power. Yeah? Doing the right stuff. Um, we know how to, even for us as elders, you know, we met this morning, says, guys, let's just be honest here. We know what we think we should do. We know how to play the system. We know what will be the, what will be a good service. But it's not, we don't want a good service. We, we don't want a form of godliness. We want power. You know, we want, we want the Jesus, the, the, the real one, the, the one that we read about here. That's what we're after, you know. And, um, I even wonder if there's a form of entitlement that is crept into the church, you know. It's like, okay, great. And now I've been doing it for so long. I actually by, by now deserve entitlement, you know. So I just want to say, guys, we deserve nothing. Man. Um, if, you, if you deserve something, it's hell. <laughs> all right? That's what the Bible says. It's like all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you deserve something, you deserve hell. But mercy, but mercy, all right? And if not for God, 
like all of us would have gone to that place. And, and so even considering that time for Jonathan and the time we were going to fast, just know that you deserved hell as well. It wasn't because we're so good. All right. And, um, but entitlement can cause us to, to believe a different gospel and settle for something that, that's comfortable. And we join churches that we like, where the worship is like this. It's good kids' church. And I'm speaking to you guys here, okay? So I'm glad you joined here. All right? But, uh, but sometimes we choose like this. It's like, yeah, I went to look where there's a good place for the kids and uh, where I feel comfortable and the worship is like this and nobody's going to get into my space. I just want to say it's time for us to get into one another's spaces again. And, uh, and to stir one another to love and good works. All right. Um, you know, I would love God to train me in seasons of comfort and to produce something in me. But, but actually, I feel like we're in a time where, where God is going to put pressure on us. And I think many of you, if you're experiencing pressure at the moment, Different just life stuff, okay? And um, I think we're in a season of pressure where God is actually trying to form us. And um, even, though I, even though I wish God would train me in the, in the times where it's great, in times of comfort, né? I know that I learn very little when I'm happy. <laughs> I learn proper in the times that I need to cry out to the Lord. You guys with me? And, uh, and I, I've met with so many guys recently over the past month that it's just under serious pressure, going through serious stuff. There's guys, maybe there's other sin or financial pressure or kids' pressure or whatever pressure, but pressure, and it's like if you can see behind the pressure, I can see what God was trying to form in us. Yeah? And I just want to stir us. Like God is like putting us under pressure to produce something in us, like he did with Job, actually, yeah? to a large degree. Just considering Job, I'm so bummed that I didn't think about Job when I was prepping, okay? But like Job was, doing well in the comfort but the enemy came and he tested him you know and there was pressure but i love this morning job one it says that job fell to his face and he worshiped his kids just died by the way i wonder i mean i'll be honest if god takes lisa just like it just be honest like you have to take uh, i mean i hope the lord doesn't test me on that ever but i don't know what will come out of me when the lord tests me on that one but I have to fashion that culture in my heart now. I have to win the small battles. I have to learn now under the pressures that I face now and the trials that I'm going through now to choose to worship the Lord so that when the bigger things come, I don't fall off the side. I don't fall off the bank we're going to, okay? James 1 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, did you know that God tests your faith? Okay, there's another gospel going around that God will never test you, okay? God tests your faith. Let me just put that out there, okay? The testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. All right? There's a few things that I want to highlight. Firstly, perseverance. I love that word. It says that, that, that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance means this. I, I went to go read what it, what's the definition of it. It says, perseverance is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Okay, that's what perseverance is. It's persistence in doing something despite difficulty. Now, difficulty might be this, various trials and suffering and challenges you're going through. I think pressure at work, um, financial pressure, all those things. Okay, that's difficulty, difficulty situations, to persist in, in doing that, all right? And then delay in success. That was quite interesting, and I felt the Lord remind me a few weeks ago. Remember when I preached about the bronze snake? And, and the pole and the, the snake that the Israelites had put up? It says that they got frustrated, and um, what was the word that I used here? Um, the, the people grew impatient. Remember that? So delay in success. People growing impatient um, can cause us to not want to persevere. But perseverance is this thing to press through. I should have been further by now. I, there's a delay in success or a delay in what I, th- where I, th- I th- thought I should have been by now. But to press through that. All right? And, um, and even putting it through to worship with us today is, you know, there's something for us, you know, in the, in the most difficult season of your life, I want to ask you, can you persist in perseverance through suffering to worship God like He deserves to be worshipped? That's, that's what He's trying to produce in us, you know, the testing of your faith. Guys, if you, every time, there's a little wobble, um, and I, I said little, little wobble, but 
man, I don't know what the challenge is that you're facing, but a, a, a marriage glitch, okay? It's a big deal, but it's not the everything, okay? Or pressure at your job, or, um, I don't know, finances, whatever the things you, you, you want to name. If we, every time there comes a challenge, we choose to settle until it goes better, little faith, little faith, little hope, because you don't understand God well, okay? Faith in the Lord is to be able in the toughest seasons to persist in doing what we know, how it deserves to be worshipped. Despite difficulty or despite delay in success, we worship Him like He deserves. All right? God will often allow us to go through suffering because we keep slipping back into relying on ourselves. All right? I, uh, I think I skipped a, um, no, I didn't skip something. But um, this is our weakness, you know. Is an, actually to the core. It's like sometimes like, um, you know, evolution, uh, it's a completely different story. Okay? Evolution to its core is wrong. Okay, I want to mess with some of your brains here now. Because evolution says this, there was nothing and it went to good. Or it was bad and it's going to better. But it's not the truth, you know. In, in the world we see this, there was good and it's declining. It's degrading. It always bends to evil. It always like flesh always turns to, to, to bad. It doesn't turn to good. All right, and so evolution, even at its core, it's wrong because it says that something that was bad went to good. It's not. It's not how the earth works or our science works. It's like good always declines. Né? And um, and you know, even with us and with our spirit and with our spirit walks, like it never just by itself goes better. Né? It always bends back to the to, to evil, to bad, or to to worse, to to broken. And um, and I think even our spirit says, like you know, that you have a tendency to bend back to to inward. It's like we, we tend to look to ourselves again and our own ability and our own comfort and our own lives, actually. Like each phase that you're going to go through, this is different stages we have to, we, we, we tend to look inward. And God sometimes puts pressure and suffering on us as a wake-up call to say, look to me. Look to me. Um, that's the cry. Né? But if the enemy can come in there and he preaches a different gospel to you and say, how could God ever do that? And we agree with that. Settle, okay, and we fall off the wayward, and uh, because we because we don't understand God well, and we miss what He's doing with us. All right, um, I want to see. I just want to scan through one or two things here. Um, you know, um, it's a verse here that I should have been reading by now, and I I can't see it. Sorry, I just want to find it for us quickly. Um, um, sorry, guys, give me two seconds. Don't know what happened to that verse. I took it out somehow. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I'm thinking about a story that happened, you know, just, and I, I know what I'm sharing with you guys this morning, you know, as I'm gonna, I'll chat about the pressure a little bit now, but, but suffering, suffering and pressure, it, it does something with us. I don't want to make light of it this morning, né? so I don't want to say, just get over it and move on. But there's, there's battles to be won there. I, I'm thinking about a story that happened with my, and she's okay with me sharing, but my little sis happened a few years ago. She, uh, she finished school. She did flip on next level. Okay? I, I, I think I was adopted because I didn't do that well. Okay? She, she, she got 18, oh, 98, sorry, average for matric. Okay? So um, she was all right. Okay? Set for life. Um, she, she, she was okay. And, and uh, my dad works at the university, so she could study for free. So all that money just became bursary money set up. Okay. And she chose to give a year of her life to, to go do mission work for the Lord. Okay. So she, she did something and they, they went to Turkey actually for a time in, um, in Turkey. And they were doing, I mean, she gave up a year of her life for the Lord, set herself a year back actually in terms of money and all that stuff. And while she was in Turkey, there was a situation where the team got disconnected. My sister got left alone, and someone t- tried to rape her. All right, um, and um, and she got away. Like she, in the process, she was being she she was molested, but it didn't go through. Okay, she, it didn't happen. Now, I tell you, that rocked our family to the core. All right, so um, sorry that escalated quite quickly. Okay, but. Um, it, it rocked our boats, you know, because like, I think even for me, I was sitting here and I was angry with the Lord. I said, God, she, she did it for you. Where were you? Okay. Uh, it's like just being real with the Lord. Okay. It's like, why, 
Why didn't you take care of her? And I was like, I, and then I went to the other side. She shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been with that organization. She should have, and I, I went into that mode, okay? And uh, we flew her home, and she came and stayed with us for a few days, actually before she went to her parents. And I, I tell you, in three days as she was with us, I, I felt like, Man, God just broke me because I was angry at what I saw, how it demolished my sister. And, uh, and she, she's like the innocence herself, okay? Like up until the day, this day, I don't think she's had a boyfriend, okay? She's just like innocent, all right? And yeah, this happens to her. And uh, we fly home and I tell her, I want you to stay with us for a week. I think uh, we've got a 412 conference. I, would, I want you to stay and after that you can go home. And... Um, we, uh, the, there was one of the nights, it was when we were still at the Lighthouse Church, and Murph led worship, and it was the first time that, we, that he led that song, that Jesus, uh, you're worth it all. Um, and the, the, the verse said that all the nations will come, holding broken chains above their head, singing we've overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You guys remember that song? All right. And uh, I don't know if you were there that night, if you can remember it, but you probably sang that song like 400 times. It was one of those. And... Um, and, uh, and then just going into the chorus saying, Jesus, you're worth it all of every nation, every soul. And, uh, and I remember singing it time after time after time, standing next to my sister who's just been through hell you know, for the Lord. And, uh, and me in my heart wrestling, I, I'm going to say, on her behalf. I was like, God, how could you? you know? And uh, it felt like, and I, I haven't cried before the Lord like that night, I think, in, in years. Because I got to the place where I said, Jesus, even if that's what it took for someone to get saved, you're worthy of it. And she got there. She got there. And, uh, and she, long story short, she's one of the deacons today in, in Josh and in Bloom, loving the Lord, okay? Painful. Painful, okay? And that night, I remember it was a Thursday night, standing before the Lord, crying out to Him, and choosing to worship the Lord in spite of suffering and pressure, okay? Did something here. Did something here, and even more so for her, who was under it, okay? And then it didn't stop, okay? For the next year and a half, she fell into depression. My mom fell into depression. There was stuff that came out in our family about years of abuse. It was chaos. Chaos. And I, I would often, and then I started leading the congregation, okay? And I would often come here on a Sunday with something very heavy on my heart with what is going on on a Sunday. And you know what was the first sermon that I preached when I led when Ron was on sabbatical? Extravagant worship. Okay? Learning how, how to worship the, the Lord in spite of suffering. What it produces is a testing of our faith. Pressing through. All right? And as I want to ask you, maybe I hope none of us have to get to that place where that is the kind of suffering that the Lord shouts at to get your attention and to bring us to a place where we get broken. But the suffering that you're facing at the moment and the challenges, yes, I'm kicking this water over the place. Yeah. But the, the suffering that the Lord has, has you under at the moment and the pressure that there is, how is your posture in that moment? Can we, like Job, fall to the, Lord, fall to the ground and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I came into this world with nothing. I'll go out of this world with nothing. But I'll choose to worship Him. That's what He wants to produce in us. You know, I often, I often look at the church and, um, and numbers, you know, and stats and lists of people who we have. And just recently I compared some, some of the lists that we have from a few years ago till now. And I was amazed, you know, at how many people who's once been with us, just not with us anymore. You know, and it's different. I mean, we planted and we sent guys around and all different things. But there's many, many who five years ago, or ten years ago was with us that were core, integral parts of us. Like we thought we're going to build with these guys for the rest of our life. That today, just not following the Lord anymore. You know, I, um, I'm just thinking about, I wonder if I should go there now. We, we could actually pray for it. Thinking about Zelda, one of our deacons, you know. Here's a, here's a change of, she's my neighbor. She just moved right in next to me. Yeah. And um, on, uh, on Thursday, I was sitting doing a pastoral thing on my balcony, and there's Zelda walking out, and we greeted her. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a long story short, she, she used to be one of our deacons, but not following the Lord anymore today. I was broken, eh? And I said, God, if it can happen to her, like, what changed, you know? Where, where, what changed? And I, she's just one example, but there's many who we thought in the past would be key to building with us, but that has fallen away. And I think it's because in suffering, when the storm came, it's like somehow people shipwrecked their faith because they didn't understand the Lord well. And um, many of you guys are in storms at the moment. 
You need to find Jesus in the storm. You need to, you need to worship Jesus in the storm. And don't allow the different gospel to be preached to you that it's actually all about you. How can this happen to you? Okay? Different Jesus. It's not the one. The one who we follow It's a great cost to following him. Okay? And it comes to test your faith, produce something in you. I, uh, I've heard this lately <laughs> a few times, um, that I feel like I need to forgive God. What? Okay? There's no theology for that. God doesn't need any forgiving. God's perfect. You know? And I think even, even those words that I need to forgive God, you know who's at the center of that? It's you. It's man. It's a self-centered gospel that I need to forgive God for something that he put me through. That's no, there's no ever example you find that in the Bible, just by the way. All right? And um, if anyone needs forgiving, it's probably you. All right? And so you can come to God in your time of need, you can come to Him for forgiveness, but we cannot forgive God. Okay, He's perfect. Um, and, um, you know, and I just want to, I don't know why I felt to add that in there, but I just want to remind you, if, the, if that is even a thought sometimes in your head, I want to I wanna challenge you today on your theology, and maybe it's a different Jesus that has crept into your mind. All right? That you need to forgive Him because He shouldn't have done that to you. Just want to, today He's putting Himself back at the center. All right? That He's the center why we exist. All right. Um, Ewan McRae recently said, he says, we cannot be a people who are only devoted in seasons where everything is going well, but crushed in the seasons in the valley. We need to be faithful in every season. And um, just want to stir that in us, you know, that's actually the core, I think, what I want to do today with us. It's like in every season, to be faithful and worshiping with zeal. That's what I want to, that's what I believe God is doing in us, okay? So quickly, just, are you guys still with me? All right. Um, I, uh, I want to smash, smash one more thing, okay, just when it comes to pressure, okay? Who have you heard the preach that says, God will never give you more than what you can handle? All right? I want to say that is a lie, okay? It is a lie. Again, there's no theological, um, like, basis for that, okay? My life has been one of bearing more than what I can handle. Often, okay? And, um, and this is what Paul's writing, okay? And, um, and Paul's writing this in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8. He says, um, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Okay, and then hang on, far beyond our ability to endure. That's what he's writing, okay? So that we despaired of life itself. He says, basically, we just wanted to die. Okay, we were, we were hating life at this moment. Indeed, we felt we have received the sentence of death. Okay, that's pressure. That's great pressure. That is God giving more than what you can bear. All right? But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That is what he's doing in us, okay? That, that is like, okay, that is what God is doing in us. He's like, he's, he's probably going to put some of you under pressure more than what you can bear. Why? So that you cannot rely on yourself anymore but on Him who raises the dead. And, uh, and I feel even what He wants to do this morning, he, for some of you, the picture of God in your mind needs to become bigger again. Okay, who is the God that you come to in your time of need? Who is the God? I'm not saying just go through suffering and ignore the Lord. If, the, if there's storms in it, even like the disciples, they ran to Jesus like, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? And He says to them, why are you so afraid? Okay, but then He calmed the storm. And, um, and some of you in your storms, you need to run to the Lord so that you can learn to not depend on yourself, but on God who raises the dead that is bigger than the storm. That, thanks, babes. Okay? That, that Jesus even said to them, okay, he said, peace to the storm. And then the disciples said this, like, who is he that even the storms and the wind obey him? That's the God we serve, man. It's like the God that we come to. It's like, who is he that even the storms and the wind would obey him? Right? God needs to become bigger in our minds again. Right. Now, I want to encourage you, following Jesus doesn't mean that all your pressure will disappear. In fact, it will probably increase. Just say now. It will probably increase. It's costly to following Him. All right. Without pressure, you'll never really learn to trust God, by the way. All right. Without pressure, you'll never learn to be the church. All right. In pressure, one thing that's happening 
is that uh, when I'm under pressure and I'm reaching to the Lord, but I'm also reaching to one another. All right? I had to learn that in times of great pressure, I need to sh- shout help. All right? And I, I met with one or two guys in the week that's under great pressure at the moment. And, um, and actually, it's like there was a point where he said to me, but nobody actually helped us when we were here. And I said, because you didn't ask. <laughs> It's like, just, just ask, and we would be there for you. Just ask, and we will, now you're asking, we'll help. All right? And in that time, we actually, you, there's something where I want to, yes, I want to smash something here quickly, okay? There is something that as elders and, and leaders, I want to say, we are there for you. Okay, we are available. We are, I'm taking it very serious before the Lord to shepherd the flock under my care, okay? And I'll reach when the Lord puts someone on my heart. But I also want to say, you can also reach, okay? and say, Help me here. What do you think? What do you think about the situation? Pray with me. Consider, um, or just give me any input. I'll say, if anyone has ever asked me for help, I've never said no. And none of, the, none of the, any of the other elders. All right? I just want to encourage you. It's times of pressure that God is maybe teaching you to reach out of your box and to ask for help. Teaching you to become the church. All right? 2 Corinthians 1, 8 says this, and I'm, a, I'm about to finish. The guy's laughing at me. Where's you, He's not here this morning. But they're laughing at me. He says, when I'm coming in for a landing, they say, cool, another half an hour. It's not that, not that this morning, okay? I'm about to finish. But uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 6 says, if we are distressed, and this is Paul speaking about the apostles writing, writing to the church. He says, if we are distressed, it's for your comfort and your salvation, all right? If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we endure. And I want to say, I just want to give you courage here, okay? As elders in the house, many times guys say, like, your life's like you just got everything under control, okay? I want to say, I know the elders, okay? I know myself. Our lives are ones of being under great pressure, all right, before the Lord. And, uh, and I think one of the things that's, that, that actually makes someone an elder is how do you persist under pressure? Can, can you keep your course and can you keep following the Lord under great pressure? Because that's what our lives are made of, out of. Okay? And, and then he says, if we are distressed, it's for your comfort and your salvation. Because God is teaching us, actually, what he wants to build into you. All right? And I want to say, look at those around you. Look at your leaders. Look at those that the Lord has put over you. And look at how they are going through pressure. Ask questions. Right? Ask, um, you know, we had Rodney Trina with us day this week, which is incredible. And I, I just took a week and I just asked questions. I said, you know, when this happened, how do you, how do you keep your course with that? When, when this, like, I just asked him, like, how do you do this? How do you this? How do you remain with your eyes on the Lord? I just wanted to learn, you know, because I could see a man whose life is one of keeping the course under the Lord. I've known him for years. And um, I want to ask you, just ask Ivan. Ivan, I mean, he's 100 years old, man. <laughs> I'm joking, okay? <laughs> I'm joking. No. He's 55, nah. 56, see, it's like I was giving you the benefit of the doubt there. Okay, 56, I tell you, 56 years, he's, he's had a lot of pressure and suffering, okay? And it's good for us to hear the stories, you know, when was the times that you've, you've experienced the most pressure? The times that you got your second child, and, uh, and, and you felt like, man, you just couldn't keep it together. How did you keep your path, especially that one, okay? Like, Imagine having Nathan as a child, okay? And, uh, I'm joking, okay? And, uh, and guys, these are good questions you have to ask, okay? It's like, when you had that, how did you keep your course? Okay? How did you keep doing devotional when you had that? that that's a question I'm going to have to ask one day. Right now, I sort of managed away with one child to be able to do it, okay? I'm nervous if there's a second one. How am I going to keep it together? I need to learn. Suffering, okay? Anyone who says children is a blessing from the Lord, they haven't had a young child. Okay, I'm I'm joking, okay? Bad bad joke, okay? They are, she's a blessing from the Lord. But I tell you, if there's any gray hairs in me, okay, it's that, because it's like great pressure, it's teaching me. It's teaching me how to how to be able to persist, you know, in finding finding the Lord and, and, and going through. I want to I want to stir you, okay? Ask, learn to reach to those around you. Okay, that was completely off the point. But it's so that you can share in our sufferings and patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. All right. Romans five verse three says this. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, okay? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. 
Okay, there we are again, perseverance. Okay, there's a, something about perseverance and endurance. Okay, that's a great guy to ask. You know, I was laughing at his, I can't believe he humiliated me like that. I planned it, by the way, to beat the guy on the last five meters. No, I'm joking. If it wasn't for him, I, I was cramping so bad coming down that mountain. And I was like, I can't lose in front of Carlos today, okay? And, uh, but it was something about endurance, man. It's like, I have to make sure that guy can't get out of my reach, okay, no matter what I do. And, uh, we have to learn, you know, even spiritually, it's like sometimes you just need to keep certain blocks in place. And like life can't get ahead of you. Okay, the enemy can't beat you. Sometimes when, you, uh, when, when there's challenges, you need to persevere. Look at this. We cannot afford to miss church today. We just need to get there. Okay? It's going to be like hell, but I just need to get there. And when you get here, you're stirred by what the Lord wants to do. And you just need to, you just need to move yourself out of your seat and get to the front and, and just reach to the Lord. Just to persevere sometimes. That's what it looks like, okay, in times of suffering. Okay, because we know that it produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, okay? And do you know what God is after in us? It's character. When he speaks about elders and deacons and uh, just people who the Lord can use, you know, there's very little gifting that he's speaking about. He's speaking about character. Okay, so so if you read the qualifications for elders, it's character. No gifting. Okay? And God, what He's looking for is He's looking for men and women with character. But how character comes is under pressure. Okay? And character produces hope. All right? And many of you, maybe by now, because you've been under pressure so long and God has become very far-sighted, actually, ne? hope has lost. Uh, hope has been lost. Ne? And I, I feel in a season where God wants to put hope back in you that He's the hope. Okay, he's the hope of the world. He's your hope. And he wants to, even if we, if we trust for salvation, he's putting hope back into us that God can save people. He's the hope of the world, you know. When we invite someone to, to a meeting like Jonathan Conrad, I'm not trying to just please someone else who's asking me to do, okay. I'm putting hope in them that there's hope for you. All right. And hope doesn't put us to shame because God, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. I want to um, just finish with the last story, you know. Um, laughing at me. But um, I was thinking about worship in times of pressure. I was thinking about Paul and Silas, who, who was doing their things again in Asia. Asia was a wild place back in the day, okay? Still is probably today. And uh, like doing the ministry for the Lord, and then, long story short, they delivered someone from a demon, which is a great thing, but her boss got angry, puts them in prison, okay? And says, and then the crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas. This is Act 16. And the magistrates ordered them to be um, stripped and beaten with rods. Now, I just wanted to picture this, okay? When, when the Romans ordered you to be beaten with rods, I think it was like a decent-sized rod, okay? And it was a twee okay? You would have been beaten with this thing, okay? You just, you just did exactly, exactly, exactly what God wanted you to do. Cast it out of demon. Okay. And I stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, okay, they were thrown in prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, so it's like this was the thing that they were sitting there. This was a big uh, bulk, but this is like a log in front of them. Feet outstretched, okay, uncomfortable, sore, beaten to a pulp, okay, in blood, sitting there, and you've got a Roman guy watching you the whole time. And then it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. This is something about, you know, in the times of worst pressure and after really unfair treatment, okay, to be able to sit and sing songs to the Lord, honor the Lord. And sometimes it is not always, uh, you know, what I'm trying to produce in us this morning is I don't, I'm not expecting just jump or just shout. Like, but if you've never shouted to the Lord, okay, I don't know if you've ever worshipped the Lord properly. If you've never jumped, I don't know if you've worshipped Him properly. If you haven't lifted your hands, if you haven't danced before the Lord, I don't know if you've worshipped Him properly. But there's times, you know, even like that at, about midnight, I don't think he was singing, what's a wild song, okay, At your name, angels will bow. I don't know if that's what they were singing. All right? It might have been a different song, okay? It might have just been, Jesus, we love you. Okay? It might have been that. It might have been, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay? But it had so much power that God heard it and it broke shackles, it broke storms. 
man. And, um, and so even as I'm stirring us today, it's like the aim is not just for the storm to end. Sometimes we need to remain in the storm until the Lord comes. But worship has that actually, the power to break shackles, you know, and get us out of storms where we're stuck if we become self-centered and a self-gospel. You know, Jesus, just coming in for a landing, Marshawn, then you guys can maybe come back on. I don't know where we're going to go. You can maybe just help me here. But um, times of great pressure that God has us. And um, what is he trying to produce in you? And, and it was there a different Jesus that has crept into your heart where, where you became a little bit more deserving than what you should have been. Yeah? Different gospel, different Holy Spirit, different grace. And actually what today, what the Lord wants to say, Romans 12 says, in view of His mercy. In view of His mercy. Sometimes we just start with like, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. No, 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 it starts with, in view of mercy. In view of His mercy, offer your bodies. And um, if you forgot about the Lord's mercy... I just want to stir you again. It's available for us this morning. It's available for you. In your time of need, there's grace. Um, but you need Jesus. Okay? And the gospel that Jesus we're following one is, is one of constant pressure. More than what we can bear. But reach to the Lord. Reach to the Lord. So maybe, I wonder if we can stand together. Um... Did it make sense to you guys? And um, I'm going to do this maybe. So you guys can see me. Trusting the chair. Um, just just want to stir us, you know. Um, the Lord's off to your heart this morning. That's as, as plainly as I can put it, okay? It's off to your heart. And uh, maybe, maybe let's close our eyes. And I just want to pray for us. Holy Spirit, just want to pray. We've got time, okay? We've, got, we've still got plenty of time. And I uh, just want to pray, Lord, that you'd come and work in your people this morning. Um, just, God, I just want to ask if there's a different gospel that was being preached to your people. Maybe some of that, something has crept into our hearts. And we actually, we, we, Paul said that we put up with it easily enough. And we were actually okay to settle for something cheap. And easy, and where it became about us. I just want to pray, Lord, would you remove self from your church again, and that Jesus will become the center of it all again this morning. Just pray for that, God. Hmm. I want to pray for those, God, who are under great pressure and, uh, and suffering. I pray, Lord, that they'll be able to persevere through suffering, that you'll produce perseverance in us, God, that we can become who you want us to become. So maybe while, we, while we're on that note, just who of you at the moment are under great pressure and struggling, that God feels quite far at the moment? <clears throat> you can just raise your hand. All right. Holy Spirit, I just want to pray for mercy. And uh, I want to pray today in our time of need. It says that God is able to give grace in our time of need. Just want to pray for those under great pressure. Lord, that they can cry out to you today. And uh, that to the God who is able to, uh, to, to calm the storm. The, the God who is able to raise the dead. I pray that if, if, if you're putting us under pressure so that we will learn not to rely on ourselves, but the God who raises from the dead, I pray today, Lord, that we can learn what you want us to learn. In Jesus' name. God, and I pray for us as a church. Just pray, Lord, that our worship will not be lukewarm. Lord, I, I pray that we will not be um, consumed with self, but I pray for a zealous worship in us again, God. Just as a church, we pray that um, if, we, if we became not aware of your mercy and your grace towards us anymore, I just pray that there'll be um, at the forefront of our minds, God, mercy, that we can be here. And I pray for extravagant worship to come out of your church, God, in spite of pressure, in spite of pressure. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. Um, so while we were worshipping, I was just reminded of uh, one of David's mighty men, and I love the accounts of David's mighty men, where everyone's retreating, and I'm sure many of you remember this, everyone's retreating because they're actually losing the battle. And um, by the power of God, one of David's mighty men decided to stop, 
and he decided to stand, turn around, and he decided to fight. And um, I just felt that was, the Lord highlighted that for us this morning, um, to remember that under, when we're losing the battle, when we're under great pressure, no matter what you're going through, whatever storm or battle you're going through, you can, by the grace and mercy of God, choose to stop retreating into your comfort zone and waiting for things to get better and actually turn around and fight. And he ended up killing hundreds of men and ended up winning the battle. And I just wanted to encourage us right now, this morning, wherever you are, no matter how terrible things could be, um, by the grace and mercy of God that's available to you now, even in this moment, um, we can win our battles with the Lord. Just before, just before we break up, um, Henry, Henry also had a very good word for us. Um, and there's a, there's a theme about perseverance. Um, and personally, I like, I like the word perseverance. So Henry just have a, has a word for us. And, and after that, um, while the worship band is praying for us, for those of you that are finding yourselves in a place where you're struggling and, you, and you, you're feeling like you're, you're down in a pit and you're looking up and you're just, you're just not seeing the mercy, you're just not seeing it, to come to us and, and come to someone and say I need help. It's great to say you know, that person should have helped me or that person should have helped me but there's also a place where you need to say I need help. Please pray for me. So honey, will you just come and share that word for us please? Yeah, I just felt this scripture for us out of Hebrews 4 verse 15 and it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And, yeah, this scripture for me is, is just so special because it speaks of the fact that Jesus himself has gone through struggles. He himself has experienced our own weaknesses. He's experienced the things that we are tempted by and and he understands exactly where we're at. He understands exactly where you're at. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me boldly. Don't hold back anything. In this time of need that you're in, come to me and I will give you grace. And I will give you mercy. And the word grace, is, it's such a beautiful word. And in the Greek, it, it speaks of something that's given freely and abundantly. Um, without any expectation of getting something in return. Um, but yet, it also there's a connection to that word that speaks of a thankfulness. That when you obtain that grace and that mercy, there's such a thankfulness that flows out of it. And I think that's where the heart of the wor- of worship comes from. When we really obtain that mercy and grace in our weakness, we cannot but be thankful and worship and praise God for for He's He's just the most amazing, wonderful God who loves and loves us and cares for us. Amen. So let's come to the front and let's. Uh... Let's raise a hallelujah despite our circumstances.